All right, let's open up in prayer. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word, God. We thank you that your word is the way, your word is the truth, and your word is life. And Father, I pray, God, for each and every person that is hearing your word today, that this word, which is a life word, it's a life seed, would go upon good ground today, that every single person that is hearing the sound of my voice, or even watching me, God, that this word would be would go deep into their heart and it would bear a hundredfold harvest in their life. Father, and I pray for every person that the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, and the spirit of conviction would rest upon us as we hear your word, God. Father, that our lives would be transformed, our hearts would be receptive in this moment to your word, God. Because our, we understand, God, that our purpose is to bring transformation in the world. And it only happens when our mind is renewed by your life word. And so, Father, I pray for every person that is hearing, that their heart would be open, completely open to your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. I would love for you to open your Bibles to Psalm 46, Psalm 46, and we'll read from verse 1, and verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her and she shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Today I want to teach from the subject of the ever-present God. The ever-present God. And I'm going to read the first two verses again just to give us a context uh, for us to build uh, this message. And it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Uh, the psalmist is, is writing the psalm and he's, he, he's comparing his situation. I'm comparing his situation to our situation in this moment. And he's saying to us that God is our refuge, not our bank accounts, not our jobs, not our not, not the four walls of the church, not our houses, not cars, not definitely not the economy is our refuge. But he's saying, God is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Now, we, we in in times uh, the times that we live in uh, today uh, might might feel uh, quite overwhelming in our lives. It might feel like there's trouble all around. There's trouble, there's news of trouble all around. There's wars and there's rumors of wars. There's trouble and there's rumors of trouble. And sometimes it may feel like, like you're overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed with what is happening in our lives. But 
the psalmist is encouraging us and he's, he's drawing us to the source. He's drawing us to the place of our refuge. And that place is God. It's no other place except God. It's no other job, not your job, but it is God. You know, when I think of refuge, uh, I think of the times when, uh, when I watched uh, the television and in a, in a, in a country um, where a tornado is about to be, they, they make an announcement that there's a tornado that is coming into the, the city. All the people begin to look for refuge. They look for a safe place. They look for a hiding place, whether it's under a bridge, whether it's a bunker, or where even their homes, people use the time to go and, and you know, make their homes uh, safe from the, the wreckage that is about to happen because there's a storm that's about to come. And if you are caught unprepared, that storm can carry you away. And sometimes it, this, this situation might feel like we're, about, we're, we're being carried away. And, and I want to tell you that the reason why you're feeling overwhelmed is because you've given your year to the word of the enemy. You're given your year to the word of, of an enemy that, that comes to steal, kill, and destroy your life. But here the psalmist is saying that God is my refuge and my strength. He's an ever-present help in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, which means to fear is our choice, which means that, that when, uh, when people, when they are overwhelmed with what is happening around us, when, 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 when they are uh, caught up in, uh, when, and they are unprepared, now the whole world has been caught unaware of a virus you know they've been caught unaware and so because of it they were not prepared how to defend themselves they were not prepared so they couldn't find refuge and the world is looking for refuge right now they're looking for refuge in hospitals they're looking for refuge in doctors wherever they can find refuge they're looking for it but I want to tell you for us as children of the living God our refuge is in God. Our refuge is in God's presence. And he says, therefore, we will not fear. Now, it's, it's very important. It's a very significant statement because fear is a choice that we make. When we get overwhelmed with the news, when we get overwhelmed, uh, another word would be we get impressed by uh, the ability of the enemy when he comes to steal, kill and destroy something that you love, something that you're very fond of, something that you've given your heart away. Jesus talks about it in the parables and he, he describes, about, uh, describes it uh, that a person who, who builds his house upon the sand and a person who builds his house upon a rock and the storm came. Now, the, the thing that we need to understand is that the storm comes whether you build your house on a rock or on the sand. The storm is coming. Persecution comes. Tri trials and testing, seasons of it come. Uh, temptation comes. When, when all these things come, what is your rock? Where do you build your house? And so we, we see that the person who, who becomes fearful is a person who has allowed himself or herself to be impressed by the ability of the enemy to kill, steal, and destroy um, uh, things that we love, things that we're fond of. If we're too fond of a career, if we're too fond of money, if we're too fond of a house, if we're too fond of a car, anything that is materialistic, that, that, has, come, that has come because of 
of the result of the process of this world, the systems of this world, the enemy will bring a storm in our life and it, it comes and if we have been found that our heart has been given away to these things, it's exposed and it causes us to fear. But the psalmist is saying, we will not fear. Fear is a choice that you make. Fear is a choice that we make when we feel like we're losing something. But if you are in the presence of God, but if God is your refuge, you have nothing to fear. Jesus says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for absolutely nothing. So if God is my refuge and my strength, he is my hiding place. You know, Psalm 91, we spoke about it last week. Psalm 91, um, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and he is my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. And in this is really what the psalmist is telling us. He's encouraging us in this season to find our refuge refuge in God. When everything else seems hopeless, we find hope with the one who can turn any situation around. And I really believe that this situation is turning around in our life. The psalmist is describing something to us about God. He says he is an ever-present help in times of trouble. I want to I want to I want to take some time to really talk about this aspect of the presence of God. This aspect of of God's uh, our, our nature to be ever present. Now, uh, ever uh, ever present in times of trouble. Now, um, we must understand that when the psalmist is saying that he is ever present, he's not talking about a choice that God makes. We think that God, because God loves us, he makes a choice to be present with us in times of trouble. But I want to tell you, uh, being ever present or the presence of God or God, uh, his omnipresence is not a choice, but it is his nature. It is who he is. He, because God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Why do you have everlasting life? It's because of the presence of God in your life. God is ever present, not only in times of trouble. God is ever present, even when there's no trouble, when you're having a good day or, 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 or a day when you are learning from your mistakes. Whatever it is, God is ever present. He, it's his nature to be present with you. When you go to sleep at night, he is present. When you have your dreams at night, he is present. When you wake up in the morning, he is present. When you brush your teeth, he is present. When you go down and have breakfast, he is present. When you get ready to go to work, he is present. God never leaves you. He never forsakes you. But the, but the problem that we have is that we get so caught up with everything that is materialistic in the world. We get caught up. Our, we give our heart away. We give our conscious, uh, consciousness away, our awareness away to the things that are momentary. And when the storm comes, we run to a God who has always been present. He has never left our side. He has always been present. And I want to I wanna encourage you that God is not only present in times of trouble. God is present even when you're having a good day, even when you get that bonus, even when you get those commissions, even when you get those sales. He is the one who has provided all those things for you. He is the one who, who gives you, he wants you to enjoy life. He wants you to, to benefit from everything that, that, that he has given to you. But he wants you to know that he has never left you. 
He's always present with you. And so the psalmist is really encouraging us. And he's saying, this is, he is the one that we find safety in. He is the one that we find our refuge in. Even when there's a storm around us, he, he is the one that we find refuge in. Now, I want to take some time to talk about uh, the presence of God. Now, the presence of God, um, um, you know, we've been, we, we must understand that the word of God, the nature of the word of God, like the nature of God is that he's ever present, right? So the nature of the, of the word of God is that is, it is progressive. It progresses. It moves from one place and goes to another. And as, it, as every person begins to take on the word, the word transforms the person into its image and likeness. And then it moves on and it goes back to God till it accomplishes accomplishes everything that God had sent it out to do, right? So now we understand if the nature of God's word is that it is progressive, then we cannot hold on to a revelation that we have received previously and say that the revelation does not change. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is unchangeable, but his revelation is very progressive. And we must, as a church, as a, as a body of Christ, God is very relational and his revelation also, as we mature, his revelation progresses us, right? So we must understand that the presence of God, right, is not a concept, the presence of God is not uh, just a concept that we, we, we engage with when we sing songs. Uh, the presence of God is not we, what, something that we feel only when we worship. Uh, the presence of God means that God is ever present. It's, it's not a concept, it's his nature, it is who he is. And so in, 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 in the Hebrew language, when the word presence is translated, uh, it really means face to face with God, right? It means face to face. It means God is face to face with man. You know, um, we, 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 we must understand that when um, the, the word progressed from the old covenant into the new covenant, all right? It moved, it, it changed as, 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 as the word progressed, man also in his relationship with God progressed. We got deeper into relationship with God. And so we must understand that, that the psalmist is saying God is an ever-present help in times of trouble, which means God is present. So to Moses, God was present face to face. So to, to Moses, God was present face uh, to face, which means God was on the outside. And the Bible says that God spoke to Moses as a, as a friend speaks to a friend, but face to face. And, 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 and it, was a, it was a covenant that God had with, with Moses. But we must understand, and, and what I want to present to you today is God has moved from the outside because of what Jesus has done on the cross, and he moved to the inside of people. So, uh, so what, I, what, I, what I say uh, to our people in our church is that God is, is moved from being face to face, and this might sound funny, but he moved 
in your face. He moved into your face. He's not, he's not face to face with in, in the new covenant. He's in your face, like in your face. He's in your body. He's in you. He's everywhere in you. God is, has moved from his relationship from an old covenant into a new covenant, from, from face to face to being in your face, to, to, to looking through your eyes, to seeing through, uh, to feel what you feel, to, to hear what you hear, to experience what you experience. He, he is right there with you. So the concept, the progressive concept of the, of the nature of God or the word of God is that from going face to face, God has gone into the, the person. He's gone into you. So the, the ever-present nature of God, who, who, which was on the outside, because of a new covenant through the blood of Jesus, now God has got, he's ever-present on the inside of us. This is so amazing. God is on the inside and he never left. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He is on the inside of you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And in times of trouble, when we need to find refuge, we're not looking for refuge outside. That's why when the four walls of the church doesn't exist, we need to find God's presence. We think that we need to get into God's presence. We're not getting into God's presence in the new covenant because the presence of God has got into us. Come on, somebody. This is a phenomenal concept. God's presence is now on the inside. The Bible says that you are the temple. You are the, the, the place, the dwelling place of God. So what does it mean for us, the, the concept of, of hosting the presence of God, uh, from, from, which is an old, um, uh, uh, covenant mindset which which says that God's presence would rest upon a person according to how they um, maintain their life, right? Which, which is a very old covenant. It's a, it's a works understanding. It's not an understanding of grace. In, in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, when, a, when God wanted to do something significant on the earth, his presence would come and his spirit would come upon a person and that person from natural would become supernatural. And they, like, for example, like Samson, he would do supernatural things. And, and then when, when the work was done, the, the spirit of God would lift off and then he would become a natural man, get involved with sin. And this is the concept that we have when we think that God is on the outside and not on the inside. But in the new covenant, because of what Jesus has done, this spirit of the living God has moved from the outside onto inside of the person, which means you are a not a natural being. You are a supernatural being 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You are always in the presence of God. In fact, the presence of God is always on the inside of you. My goodness, I'm feeling the presence of God in such a strong way right now. And I want, I want you to know that you, it's not according to your performance uh, or, or your work or how well you worship or how well you fast or how much of the Bible you read that, the, that you can experience the presence of God. God, it's His grace. It's His choice. It's His ability to live on the inside of you. It is because of what Jesus has done on the cross and because you made a choice to believe in Him that His presence remains in you. You are now the place where God dwells on the earth. Come on, somebody, say an amen. You are the place where God dwells. It's no longer, you're no longer a host of the presence. You don't host the presence because every time you host the presence of God, when the, when, when, when the, when it says to God that He is a guest, 
And when you as a host are done with God, you're having a good season now, the guest is allowed to leave. Now, but when in the new covenant, we've moved from hosting the presence of God to the presence of God inhabiting us. Where, where he, it's a dwelling place. We're a dwelling place of the presence of God. He is ever present in you. I want you to put your hand on your heart. And I want you to, to, to right now tell yourself, God is present in me. You can experience God's presence on the inside of you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You don't need a song. You don't need a prayer. You don't need to fast. You don't need to, you don't need to, do, do, you don't need to do the works in order to experience God. You have God on the inside of you. So now you can do the works by grace. This is a phenomenal revelation that the church needs to get. Come on church, in times of trouble, in times when, when you need to understand, instead of running to God who is a refuge, you just lean in to God who is your refuge on the inside of you. And I want to tell you, you know, when, when God is your refuge on the inside of you, he begins to take care of the body. He begins to take care of your biology. You must understand that Psalm 107 says, He sent His word and healed your diseases. He healed you, right? So you must understand, progressive word. There was a thought in God's mind. And the thought progressed from God's mind to God's mouth. And from God's mouth, when God spoke the word, he spoke the word, he sent the word to you. And when the word came to you, it came into your body and it changed your biology. And it began to, instead of you dying, now you begin to live a longer life because of the word of God on the inside of you. He sent his word and healed your diseases. He sent his word and gives life to your body. He sent his word and he is the one who maintains life in your body because Jesus says, Jesus said, and this is something phenomenal. He says that, that my word is spirit and it is life. So Jesus, the more word you have on the inside of you, the more conscious and aware you become, the more mature you become of a God that is ever present on the inside of you. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That is so good. I want to I want to give you uh, uh, an example so that you understand um, exactly what I'm talking about. Um, in Mark chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 8, you can read this on your own uh, when, when you do have time. Uh, in Mark 4 and Matthew chapter 8, it's the same story. Uh, and most of us are quite familiar with the, with the story. It's, it's Jesus uh, in, in the boat with, with his disciples and there's a storm. So it, it starts off by saying this, that Jesus enters a boat and his disciples follow him into the boat. And when they follow him into the boat, suddenly there was a furious storm that comes upon the lake. So which means like us in this, in this season, the disciples were caught off guard. They were not prepared for a storm because Jesus is in the boat. Now we need to understand. Now the presence of God was in the boat, but not in the disciples. This is very important that you understand. He, the, this, is, this is the concept of face-to-face. This is the hosting of the presence of God, right? God is on the outside, but the believer is still depending on God on the outside, okay? So when God is on the outside, it, it, your prayers look like this. You run to God for help. You run to God for God help me. God provide for me. God give me this. God give me that. 
You run to God for help. That, that when, when you have this understanding that the presence of God is outside of you, your worship looks like this. I'm worshiping to get into the presence. But in the new covenant revelation, you don't need a song to experience the presence of God. In fact, the blood of Jesus made a way for the presence of God to enter in. Now you're the temple. So when you're the temple, God begins, he, if he is on the throne of, the, of your heart and he is the king of, of this temple, he, it is his responsibility to take care of the temple. I'm getting to something and it's very, very important that you get it, right? But it all starts with understanding the indwelling presence of God is the progressive word and not the, not the hosting, but the indwelling of the presence of God, right? So, so we have Jesus on the, on the boat uh, and his disciples and Jesus has gone to sleep and now there's, there's a storm that's come, right? And now it says that the, the, the waves began to sweep over uh, the boat, right? And so the disciples now become fearful because they're looking at the boat, they're looking at the waves and, and, they, and they're, they're fearful for their lives and so that's why they run to Jesus. They don't run to Jesus because he's God, they don't run to Jesus because he's the savior. They don't run to Jesus because they love him. They don't, they don't run to Jesus because they love his presence. They're in trouble. They're fearful for their lives. They're about to lose something. They're about to lose their boat and their lives. And so because of that, they run to Jesus. Jesus, save us. Sounds like, sounds like a lot of prayers that we pray nowadays. We, we have a virus that is more powerful that causes us to, to pray to God for help. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. Nobody goes to the Father except through me. But yet a virus, a death, a sickness, a disease causes us to pray to the Father. We must understand that, that, our, that our understanding of the ever-present nature of God is inferior. It's an old covenant mindset. It's a law-based mindset. But in the new covenant, Jesus is the prototype of who we are today. He was the word made flesh and carried. He, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit was upon him and in him. That's the prototype of who we are today. He was the first of many sons. He was the first. He was the only begotten of the father. And now we are becoming, we're being transformed into his image and likeness. And this is such a powerful um, uh, statement because Jesus is, is in the boat. He's sleeping in the storm. And I want you to understand that the response that Jesus has to the storm He's not intimidated by the storm. He's not even impressed by what the devil has to offer. The devil comes to steal, kill and destroy everything that is materialistic. But Jesus, his response is that he just goes to sleep. His he goes to sleep and when the disciples come to him, he comes out of the boat. He comes out, out of the stern and, and he, he just rebukes the storm. How many of us have been going to God, praying, God, deal with the virus. God, deal with the sickness. God, deal with this. God, deal with that. But Jesus, you must understand, progressive word. Jesus is the prototype of who we are today, right? And who we are becoming. And so Jesus steps up and he rebukes, he speaks to the virus directly. He doesn't, he doesn't respond to it. Oh, wow, look at your waves. My God, you're so powerful. Maybe we should, we should be in isolation in the stern and maybe hope for the, for the virus to pass away. No, Jesus stood on the boat and he rebuked the storm. 
And I want to encourage you today, whatever situation you might be going through, I want you to rise up with the Spirit of God on the inside of you. And I want you to rebuke this storm. I want you to rebuke that sickness. I want you to rebuke that disease. I want you to rebuke that debt. Rebuke it. Don't rebuke people. Rebuke the situation. Rebuke the demon. Rebuke the virus. This is very important that you understand. Because when Jesus spoke, when the word spoke, the waves completely calm down. See, the virus still exists because the church is still trying to respond to it. The virus needs Christians to rebuke it. Stand in the authority and rebuke it. In fact, right now, stand up wherever you are and I want you to join with me as I rebuke this uh, virus. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke this virus. This right now, this virus will lose its grip over people's lives, over over this economy, over the businesses, over the world. It will lose its grip. And right now, in the name of Jesus, virus, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Be calm now in Jesus' name. This is so important. This is phenomenal. So I want to highlight two types of Christians today. Okay, The first type are the ones that believe that God is with them in the storm. Right? God is with them in the storm. And, and a lot of Christians are pretty okay with, with this concept. But I want to tell you that it's, an, it's, an, it's not a progressive revelation. It's an old mindset. God is with me, brother. Hallelujah. God is with us. We sing the songs that God is with us and I can feel his presence. And, and I want you to know that God, even though God was with the disciples, the storm came against them. Oh, come on. Even while God was with them in the boat, the storm came. So the second type of a Christian is the, the, the Christian that God is in them in the storm. There's a difference where God is face to face with you while the storm is happening. And you're looking at God and you're going to God and say, God, help me, help me, help me. It's an inferior relationship with God. But God is calling you higher. God is calling you into your identity as a son. No longer a slave. No longer a servant. But I call you as sons. If you are a son, which means you carry the spirit of the son. And so now the second type is God is in them in the storm. So the prototype that Jesus is, that you and I are, are the ones who will stand up on the boat and will take charge of the situation and we'll rebuke the storm. We're not going to God to pray. We're rebuking the storm because we know what God's will is. So Jesus, there stood right there and he said, hold on a minute. The enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come to give life. So you must understand the circumstance and the situation. This virus is not God's plan. This sickness is not, for, it's not God's plan for people to die. This virus is the enemy's plan to come to steal, kill and destroy our lives. But what do Christians do today? The Christian who understands that God is in them, in this storm, stands up, takes authority and rebukes the storm. And this is our identity in this season. This is what God has called us. We will only understand it if we know that 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. He doesn't say greater is he that is with me. He says greater is he that is in me. I want you to say this, greater is he that is 
in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There is no sickness that can touch your body if he that is greater is on the inside of you. Even if sickness comes to attack your body, even touch your body, the greatness of God on the inside of it will chase every sickness out of it. It's the perfect love of God that casts out all fear. In this season, I want you to to begin to dwell on the perfect love of God. God's love was so perfect. It was displayed so perfectly on the cross that when Jesus paid the price for you, he made the way for you to enter into God's presence, but also he made a way for God's presence to enter into you. You are the choice. You are the chosen one. You are the person that God really loves. So we must understand that the word of God, who, which is spirit, was on the inside of Jesus. And when Jesus spoke the word, the word manifested in power and calmed the storm. So there's a, you can see that there's a progression, right? It, it's progressing. It comes out. It's invisible, but it has power. Okay, you must understand that the nature of God is that he's invisible, right? But at the same time, he manifests in the physical, okay? So while Jesus was in the boat, this is, this is awesome for you and your families, right? While Jesus was in the boat and he stepped into his authority and he calmed the storm, the boat was safe, the disciples were safe, everybody reached home safely. You must understand the prototype. When God is on the outside with the disciples, there was crazy storms. But when God was on, when, when Jesus demonstrated what it meant to be to have the spirit of the living God, the ever-present God on the inside of you, everybody was safe. And I want to tell you, every Christian, every pastor listening to my message, that God is not on the outside of you. God is on the inside of you. He never left you when you went to sleep. He never left you when you left the church, when you went out of the church, when you finished your church service, when you were eating your biryani and you're eating your, your KFC. Whatever you were eating, God was present while you were, while you were enjoying your meal, while you were sitting down and talking to your friends. He was enjoying talking to your friends through you. You must understand that God is not limited to the four walls of a church. He wants to come out of you. He wants to manifest. So the, na- the natural state of the spirit of God is that he manifests from, from man onto the outside. Because he wants to reveal himself to people that he is God and he's on the inside of us. Now, saying that, I want to go a little deeper in this subject. I want you to go to John chapter 15. <clears throat> the book of John chapter 15. This is the moment when Jesus is talking about the world. He's talking about the two systems. There's the world system, which has the processes of the world, and there's the kingdom of God. All right? And, he, 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 and I'm giving you just a little uh, context before I get into what I want to talk about. And he says that the world, they don't understand us, the children of God. They don't understand us. And it's natural for them to reject us because they rejected him. They, they sometimes hate us because they hate him. So he says, a servant is not greater than his master. So if, if something happened, if they did it to him, they'll do it to us. But what he is trying to explain to us is not people. 
he's explaining to us that the world is a system. It's a process. It's a system that the enemy has put in place by speaking the word, his word. Okay, so then Jesus goes on to say in verse 26, but when the helper, the spirit, the ever present God comes, whom I shall send you from the father, the spirit of truth, who proceeds from the father, he will testify of me. And you will also bear witness because you've been with me from the beginning. So for us as Christians, for us as children of the living God, this is so exciting. As, as children of the living God, you must understand that the role, the first thing that the Holy Spirit does is he reveals Jesus. He reveals the living word. He reveals the active word. So when the, when the spirit word lives on the inside of you, he begins to reveal Jesus to you. He begins to testify. When, you're, when, when you are doing things, uh, you want to know whether it's the will of God or not, look for Jesus. If you find Jesus, you'll find the will of God. Because the Spirit will reveal Jesus to you. He'll reveal Jesus to you, right? So that's to the Christian, right? Now, I want you to go to verse, uh, to chapter 16, but I want you to go to verse 5, right? But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. You see, here Jesus is trying to tell them, listen, I had the physical Jesus, the, the prototype has to go away. This Jesus who was outside has to go away. It is important that I go away. Why? It's because what's coming is, is to your advantage. It's more important that I live in you than I'm around you. It's more, it's beneficial for you that I'm, I'm, I'm inside of you than I'm on the outside of you. Because there's this assurance on the inside that, that he will never leave you, right? So he says this, <clears throat> but because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Come on now. Go, he's saying it's to your advantage that we go from, from trying to live a holy life because we're conscious of the presence of God that, that any minute I make a mistake, the presence will lift off. That's a revelation, right? Now he's saying it's, it's to your advantage that I go away. Why? It's because he who believes in me, right? The spirit comes and lives on the inside of you. So no matter what you do, no matter what your, your mistakes are, no matter what your what issues are, he was, is on the inside never leaving you, but he'll help you work out your mistakes, right? So here he comes. It's to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, now he's not talking to the believers, but he's talking to people in the world system. He's talking to the system. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Right? Three things. He will convict the world, the system, the people who are under that system, the people who live in, in fear, who live uh, 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 in constant uh, uh, fear that something's going to steal, something's going to destroy, they're going to lose their life. They're, they're so scared of losing their life. And he says, uh, uh, he, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. 
right? And so he explains, of sin, because they did not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my father and you, and you see me no more. Of judgment, now pay attention to this one, because the ruler, the ruler, not the people, the ruler of this world is judged. This is phenomenal. This is a phenomenal revelation. We must understand what Jesus is telling everybody in the world. He's saying, when the Holy Spirit comes and lives on the inside of you, when you're hanging around people, He will convict them. You don't have to do anything. He will convict them of their sin. Why? It's because sin separates them from God. And so when God convicts them of sin, he, they will realize that they are sinners and they need a savior. That's how Jesus, that's how he will reveal Jesus to them, right? I hope you're getting, uh, I hope you're getting this revelation. And he, he, will, he will convict them of righteousness. Why? It's because they, in order for them to experience the blessed, blessed life, they need to be right standing with God. And so he will do this to them. And then of, of judgment, he will convict them of judgment. Why? It's because their ruler has been judged. The ruler of this world, this world system, the processes, the, 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 the love of money, the, the love of power, the love of wealth, the love of, of, of trying to destroy people's lives and taking territory and doing all that kind of stuff. All of that love, right, here, the, the, that it comes under a system that was set in place by a, by a ruler and, and he now has already been judged. So now, what happens to a believer? When a believer begins to become fearful. <laughs> when a believer becomes fearful, it means that he's partaking, right? He's partaking of something that is of this world. And so when he partakes of something that is of this world, it begins to, because the ruler of the world is judged already, he begins to partake of something that is judged. When a, when, a, when a Christian, when a person begins to partake, when, when a person who's not even a Christian begins to partake of that worldly system and, and become fleshy, right? Become fleshy, that's when they begin to partake of the judgment that is upon the ruler, not upon the people. This is a very, very important revelation right now because you must understand that there is a ruler on the inside of you who is not judged. Come on. There is a ruler on the inside. His name is Jesus. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is righteous. He is holy. And he, and he, he judges you as righteous. He, he, he calls you justified just as if you have never sinned. Never. Just if he looks at you as if you've never sinned, which means now you partake of the blessings that give you everlasting life. Now, people who, who, who are partaking of this world, people who are partaking, uh, pastors who are eating of the, of the news and, 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 and Christians who are eating of the, of, the, of the news of the virus, they're becoming fearful and they're beginning to respond. Ladies and gentlemen, you are partaking of something that has already been judged. Judged. That's quite scary. I would, I would urge you to come into a place of understanding the grace and the mercy of God. This is the mercy of God. So when the, when the disciples were with Jesus, Jesus stood up, he's the prototype, and he said, be calm. And everything was calm. And the boat was saved. 
the disciples were saved. In the new covenant, we must understand that when that same spirit comes and lives on the inside of you, you become spiritual. And there is an immunity that the spirit brings. It's the immunity of Jesus. It's, 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 there's no sickness, there's no disease, there's nothing that, that, that can cause Jesus to become sick now. And that immunity, it's a spiritual immunity that comes into you and it begins to, to heal your body. Everything that was fearful, everything that, that caused your body to, to become sick because of partaking of, of this judged um, ruler's uh, the processes and his, his systems, now we begin to um, uh, understand that when the spirit comes and lives on the inside of us, that that effect begins to wean off. I wanted to tell you something. You know, Paul talks about it so much. Be in the Spirit. Jesus says in in John chapter 4, you can read this when he's talking to to the woman at the well. He, He tells her, God is looking for those who will worship him in in spirit in position, in spirit, and in truth. They're two positions. They're both on the inside of you. Christians are meant to be more spiritual, more aware of the spirit in them than the flesh around them. And this is really what Jesus is calling us into. Ladies and gentlemen, there there is a spiritual immunity. There is the immunity of the soul. Right, the Bible says that may you may you prosper even as your soul prospers. May you prosper in, in good health even as your soul prospers. So your health of your body is very closely linked. The immunity of your body is very closely linked with the immunity of your soul, which means your the immunity of your mind, will, and emotions in this season, ladies and gentlemen, not just any time, just this season. The immunity of your mind, will, your emotions. What choices? How how what what are you? emotions doing in this season you have to have a check on it because if it is not submitted to the spirit then your your body begins to get sick your body begins to get affected by it this this season immunity the world God is trying to teach the world that our immunity has become low our spiritual immunity has become low why is because we've been partaking of something that's been judged for so long the ruler of this world was already judged And this is even before the cross. So you can't say the ruler was judged on the cross. He was already judged before the cross. And so now Jesus is saying to us, if you want to come out of this season strong, while you're in this waiting season, be in the spirit. Be in the spirit. Be in truth. John chapter 4. Read it for yourself. He says, be in spirit and in truth. Worship does not mean um, uh, that, that you sing songs in, in the spirit and, and you, 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 uh, uh, you, you, speak, you sing the, the scriptures. Although you can do it, there's, there's not a problem. But worship is your response to the indwelling presence, the ever-present God on the inside of you. Do you respond to, to an enemy? Or do you respond to a God on the inside of you? Because if you respond to an enemy, that's you worshiping an enemy. And he will, whoever you worship, he will have an impact on your life. If you worship the enemy, there's stealing, killing and destroying that will happen in your life. But John 10.10 10 says, I have come 
to give you life. Life and abundance of life, which means God wants your physical body to live long. He wants you to live long. That's why he gave you his spirit because it's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, gives life. It doesn't give give life once. It's an ever-present God that is constantly giving life. So when you're in the spirit, ladies and gentlemen, your immunity of your soul is is submitted to the immunity of the spirit. So so if you read the book of Romans, Romans 12 says um, that, that do not be conformed to this world but be transformed wow by the renewing of your mind and so that's why we need to really allow our minds to be renewed if your mind is renewed by the word of god then you your will is submitted to the will of god then the then the then your choices that you make your emotions it's it's beautiful to 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 have to have emotions it's it's just a phenomenal gift that god gave you but you cannot be emotional when you're making choices in this season you have to be spiritual when you're making decisions choices in this season because if you're emotional and something tragic happens around you you will make an emotional choice that will affect your body eventually. You must understand we're three-part beings, body, soul, spirit. But primarily, when Jesus rescued us, when you believed Jesus, his spirit came and rescued you, gave you life. So you're primarily a spirit being, living in a body and having a soul. And so today I just want to, uh, in closing, I want to pray for you. But I want to encourage you to listen to this word again. I know I've said a lot, but I want you to remember one thing. God is ever present in you. Not only in times of trouble, but he's present in you all the time. He's a good God. He wants to heal your body. He wants you to live an abundant life. But ladies and gentlemen, if we in this season are partaking of the flesh, if we're partaking, we're too indulged, we're indulging in TV series, we're indulging in movies because we have so much of time, I don't know what to do. Let me catch up on the series that I, that I, for the last one year that I did not have time to catch up on. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, that TV series that you're binging on will begin to show through you. And when it begins to show through you, it will reveal to you that your heart has been given away to the flesh. And there's nothing wrong in watching TV. There's nothing wrong in watching movies. But indulging into it, giving your heart away, makes you more conscious of a worldly system than the presence of God in you. God loves you. God wants to do great things through your life. I want to prophesy right now that there are people who are listening to this message, who are watching me right now, who are in dire straits in their life. They have no hope. But I want to tell you, God is your refuge. God is your strength. And even though you might have made mistakes, He is ever present to help you. The Bible says, call upon the name of the Lord. Those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I want you right now to call upon the name of Jesus. Say, Jesus, save me 
Save me from this mess that I got myself in. Rescue me, Jesus. I know that you've done it before. I want to be like you, Jesus. Having this spirit on the inside of me, having your spirit on the inside of me. I want to be your tabernacle. I want to be your temple. I want to be the house that you dwell in on the earth. I want to be, I want to carry your power because I know that you have a plan and purpose for my life. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean by your precious blood. Lord, I ask you to cleanse my mind, cleanse my body, cleanse my soul, Lord, with your precious blood. Cleanse my conscience. I offer my conscience to you. Cleanse my conscience. I want to stand righteous before you. And today, Lord, I believe that you died on that cross for me. You died on that cross for me, Jesus. You died on that cross as me. But you also were buried as me and you were raised to life as me. And I believe you, Jesus. I believe you. You are the Son of God. And today, Lord, I ask you to make me a child of God. Right now, I surrender my life. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you this whole mess. And I ask you to give me your message. <laughs> Take my mess and give me your message. <laughs> I want to I talk to people about you. I want to evangelize about you. I want to I give these people the good news that I received today. In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, Amen. I've got a, I've got a couple of words of healing right now for people. There's a lady uh, who's, who has glaucoma. Uh, the Lord is just healing your eyes right now. It's just, it's just leaving right now. I see people with varicose veins. Uh, right now, as you're standing, I see pain shooting through your body. I, I see uh, you're so troubled that you can't wear shorts or you can't wear a dress because it, you're, it, it doesn't look nice. But the Lord is just releasing healing to your body right now. Varicose veins is, is being healed. Everything, all the pressure, the pressure, blood pressure is being healed right now. People struggling with blood pressure is being healed right now in the name of Jesus. I see a person uh, who, uh, who is struggling with, uh, with because of boils, just unusual boils all over your body. And they itch and it causes you to, to scratch all the time. Uh, the Lord is just releasing healing onto your body right now. I'm seeing people having heart issues, blocked valves, uh, being healed right now. Uh, diabetes is being healed right now. Diabetes is being healed in the name of Jesus. I rebuke diabetes right now. It's being healed in the name of Jesus. I see a person who's deaf. You, you went to have a shower and, and I think water went into your ears and you've been trying to get water out of your ears for so long. The Lord is just releasing that water out of your ears right now. And, and it's just, like, it's just like, a, like a heat is just coming over your body. And right now, in the name of Jesus, you're being healed right now. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that there's a person sitting in a wheelchair. Brother, look at me. I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus, right now, Strength is coming into your legs. Strength is coming to your legs. Strength is coming into your body right now. Rise up from that wheelchair. 
Rise up from that wheelchair. This is your portion. God gave you legs to walk. He gave you hands that you can use for His glory. You have the shoes of the gospel of peace. Come on, brother, walk. The Lord is releasing you right now. He's releasing healing. Right now, I can see a person who's paralyzed on their bed because of strokes. The Lord is healing your brain right now. Rise up from the bed. Wherever you are, rise up from that bed right now. The Lord is releasing healing into your body. I see a person who had uh, uh, has had cancer and because of cancer uh, it's a woman you, your hair you've lost your hair and you think that you are not beautiful anymore but I want to tell you right now that the Lord says that you are beautiful and he knows how much of hair you've lost because he counted each one of them when oh he counted each one of them he was in that chemotherapy when you were losing your hair and the Lord loves you so much that he wants you to have your hair back and so hair begin grow now in Jesus name begin to grow now in Jesus name you within within a month sweetheart you are going to have beautiful hair growing all over again on your body right now I want you to begin if you have any sickness in your body any pain in your body anything I see a woman with cysts on your ovaries those cysts are beginning to disappear you will not need surgery in fact your your reproductive system is getting healed now in the name of Jesus if you were struggling having uh, children the Lord is releasing uh, an anointing for childbirth right now in the name of Jesus you will conceive children and you will have a supernatural delivery God is doing so many things God is doing so many things in our church and around the world. And I, I want to tell you, write, write us, write into us. Tell us what God is doing in your life. Let us know. It's a great encouragement to us and our church. We're, we're Life Church Global now. We're, it's global. We're, we're, we're no longer uh, hidden. We're, we're a city that's upon a hill. And the light of God's love is just shining through us. So I want to bless you today. I want to declare God's abundant life upon you. I want to declare that you will be the head and not the tail. You will be the first and not the last. You will be a leader of leaders. You will be a pastor of pastors. You will be a prophet of prophets. Right now, I want to prophesy over you. I want to declare that this season has ended and a new season has begun. The pendulum has shifted. The hourglass, the, 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 the sand has fallen into a new season. And right now, I see the season, the times are changing. I see a pastor who's from, a, from, a, from another background. And, and you are listening to this message right now. And you're thinking to yourself, what have I been believing all my life? I feel so lost. I feel alone. I feel like I, I, I want to move, but, my, but, my, but the system that I'm in is holding me back. I want to encourage you to break free. Because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You're not a pastor bound by an organization. You're a pastor who carries the gift of the Son of the living God. You are free. Write into us. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to connect with anybody who writes into us. We love you and we declare God's abundant life upon you. Testify of God's goodness. Tell people how good God is in this season because it's time for people to know that God has not left the earth. He's right here in you. Bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.